I scream, you scream, we all scream for quality science fiction and fantasy content. For an extra scoop of sword and lasery goodness, go to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, and it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. And we start every episode, or most episodes, with what are we drinking? Now, we never like you to feel like that's a pressure to have to drink alcohol, first of all. You can drink whatever you want, or to drink anything at all. You can choose to abstain from drinking at all. That could be what you're drinking. I'm drinking nothing, which is what I'm drinking today. (laughs) Was that entire preamble just because you forgot to get something to drink? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I decided to be fancy because I'm here up in Vancouver, British Columbia. And so I wanted to get something local and my local friend recommended. So um, you're drinking fog? There's no (laughs) fog. Well, okay. It's basically, it's smoke right now because there's all these local wildfires going on. And so the whole air is very, it's very mystical looking out right now. Like like all reddish and dark and and post-apocalyptic. How foreboding. Um, it is, but it's kind of cool. Um, Will Veronica I, make it to the end of this episode? Stay probably. tuned. <laughs> but I am drinking <laughs> uh, Driftwood Crooked Crooked Coast Altbia. Altbia. So it's not really beer. It's alt beer. <laughs> yeah, sure. Maybe. Like alt country. It's not very, um, it's not very fizzy, but I guess no. it's normal, right? But it's beer. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's good. I, I quite like it. Very nice. And driftwood goes along with the burning <laughs> theme. Yeah, it's the, um, yeah, let's not joke about that, but it mm, is, uh, yeah. it's a beautiful city. Vancouver's great. I'm here for the rest of the week. I do week. love Vancouver. It's one of my favorite places. Yeah, this is the longest I've been here. Longest I've been in Canada. I've been here since um, uh, uh, Friday night, last Friday night. Yeah, so you don't need to get a, a visa a renewal yet. No, <laughs> I'm not work. Well, I'm not working in Canada. Mm. You're not. You're anyway. on a tourist visa. I'm. Am I? Am I even on a visa? I didn't get a visa. Am I supposed to get a visa? No, I don't think you need one when you're from the U.S. I'm just touristing. Yeah, but there is a limit to how long you can stay. Well, I have to come back because my passport expires the week I get back. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be lucky if they let me back in. They're like, mm, you're too close to the cutoff, lady. Well, what are back they going to Canada. Deport you back into the United States? I mean. Yeah, I don't know how that would work. Yeah. Would I be stuck in some kind of weird limbo where I'm just know. a, I'm an I'm sure there's people. I, I bet we, we, we'll, we, there's people in the audience who've had that happen or know somebody who's had that happen. Yeah, but I'll get back in time. I'm I'm fairly confident. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You survive the bear. You'll survive this. <laughs> I'm strong. You're so strong. Anyway, let's jump into the quick burns. Yes, indeed. Trike has our first one today. Thanks to everybody, including Trike, uh, who submits things at Goodreads on our Quick Burns thread. Uh, and he wanted to point out the Ready Player One trailer premiered at oh. Comic-Con. Uh, and he also started a thread in the movie TV section of the Goodreads, if you want to go talk about it there. What did you think of the trailer and its many, many Easter eggs? You know, I I actually, maybe for the first time in a very long time, agreed with one of the top voted comments on the YouTube video, which said, first, you know, f- first, first, <laughs> um, for, 
everyone who read the book is like, you know, you describe the book and you're like, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a romp, a reminiscent romp through, I should just read the actual comment, but I'm not going to bother. I'm just going to butcher it instead. It's like, it's a, it's a, rem- it's an epic know. treasure hunt that takes place in a virtual world that is the population's escape from their dystopian reality. That's the one. People who Thank watch you, this trailer say, <laughs> it's a story about a guy who races cars in VR. <laughs> and that's really how I felt. Like, I feel like the trailer, while super cool and exciting, doesn't really explain at all what the movie is going to be about. Well, and that's okay. That way? that's okay. That's okay. Um, people complain too, when trailers tell too much, right? So I think this is a teaser more than a trailer, honestly. Okay. It's, it's two minutes long. I feel like this is just giving you a tease of this is what the world's going to look like. If this looks cool to you then stay tuned. We'll reveal a little more about what this is about. I think I'm going to reread it. Yeah, I kind of want own to time. also. I think I'm... I'm I might I reread it to after the... I see the movie, though. Oh, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, so very cool. And in other movie news, uh, Trike also says that Arrival screenwriter Eric Heiserer... Heiserer is adapting another story from Ted Chiang's collection, Stories of Your Life and Others, for AMC. Uh, the short story is Liking What You See, a documentary. Oh, that's the one where you uh, you have the surgery so you don't see how attractive people are. You don't judge right. attractiveness. Like, I didn't recognize it from the name, but as soon as I started started reading the, the description of it, I was like, oh, yeah. So people, all right, so the... Uh, a selection from the novella gives you an idea of Chang's speculative future. A caliagnosic, caliagnosic perceives spaces. Caliagnosia, per- a caliagnosic. Yeah, yeah, yeah caliagnosic. No, right. Yeah, perceives faces perfectly well. He or she can tell the difference between a pointed chin and a receding one, a straight nose and a crooked one, clear skin and blemished skin. He or she simply doesn't experience any aesthetic reaction to those differences. That's it. So you don't have the tendency to like attractive faces and dislike ugly faces, but you can tell faces apart. You can distinguish them and say, that's Joe and that's Pat, you know, but you don't say, oh, Joe's so attractive. Pat's pretty ugly. It sounds very similar to facial blindness, which uh, I actually know someone who suffers from from that. Mm. Um, And it's a it's a very frustrating uh, situation. Uh, But this is more like how would the world how is the world different when people no longer have make those kinds of judgment calls based on these inherent biases that we have towards certain facial features. And there's if I remember the story right, there's pressure to get the surgery Mm -hmm. to become calignosic because if you're not, then people people actually are prejudiced against you for not having the blindness. Right, right. I, w- I, w- I definitely want to go back and reread that. That's an easy one because they're short stories. Yeah. Um, but I think that'll, that'll make an interesting uh, short series uh, for, for AMC. Yeah. Uh, David pointed out the 2017 World Fantasy Award nominees have been announced. David says it's a great selection of nominees and Terry Brooks and Marina Warner will be receiving Lifetime Achievement Awards. Uh, So that's very cool as well. Novels up are Borderline by Michelle Baker, Road Souls by Betsy James, The Obelisk Gate by N.K. Jemisin, The Sudden Appearance of Hope by Claire North, and Lovecraft Country by Matt Ruff. 
Yeah, lots of great stuff in the long fiction, short fiction, anthology sections. Um, so definitely head over to uh, file770.com to see the full <laughs> list. What? That's, that's just the news, uh, the news site that we have. Uh, I know. It's not the official to. one. Yeah, I yeah, know. You can find it all over the place. Well, I like to, we like to give credit where we find the sources, right? Yeah, definitely. We should well credit done, the Mike original Blyer. source. Ah. <sighs> Uh, Steven says, uh, do not know how serious this is, uh, but Hot Pie has opened a bakery called, are you ready for this? You know nothing, John Doe. Now, if you don't recognize Hot Pie, you either forgot or haven't read or watched Game of Thrones. Hot Pie is the baker that Arya is on the run with after they escape from the Night's Watch, after the Night's Watch gets attacked uh, on the ro- on the King's Road. And... Um, I don't want to spoil too much if you haven't started watching this season, but he makes a reappearance uh, later on and and is a baker in Game of Thrones and apparently is a baker in real life. Yeah, I mean, this isn't as like you can't he doesn't have a shop that you can go to, but his name is uh, Ben Hockey and uh, he is making a direwolf cookies and mm. selling them through an online retailer or two. Um, so it's, it, it may be like a one-off kind of fun thing. They're sold out for months apparently already, uh, Ooh, especially after this news broke. You can have them delivered in London. Wow. <sighs> hmm. Road trip. Yeah, road trip <laughs> to have them delivered. <laughs> yes, pretty much. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, we got David who sent in Colson Whitehead's The Underground Railroad as the winner of this year's Arthur C. Clarke Award. Yeah, another one to add to the to-read list. I didn't know much about this one, um, but it sounded pretty interesting from the description over on Tor.com. So congratulations to Colson Whitehead. That's awesome. Yeah. And Robert points out, it looks like Daniel O'Malley's The Rook is coming to stars. Mm. It's being executive produced by Stephanie Meyer, the author of the Twilight series. So, of course, her name is overshadowing the book authors. Um, But that doesn't mean anything. That's just the way they, they put out the press. Uh, interesting to see Stephanie Meyer as an executive producer, interesting to see stars once again, uh, taking a book outlander American gods, Mm -hmm, now mm -hmm, the rook mm -hmm. and turning it into a TV show. I want to know who's going to be attached to this project. I guess we don't know yet. Uh, we have a showrunner, uh, Stephen Garrett is going to be the showrunner. He worked on the night manager most recently. Um, but I, this is, we get to see, we get to learn all about, um, oh gosh, how do I say her name? Miffany. It's Miffany, right? Yeah, that's right. This is the Miffany book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so the they don't manager, even say, I, they literally do not even write the name Miffany anywhere in this article, by the no, way. I had not. to remember that with my own brain. Uh, the Night Manager, by all accounts, is very good. I have not seen it, but I hear raves about it. So Stephen Garrett uh, may be a good, good one to have on board. If you are just joining us and you haven't read the book along with us, uh, The Rook tells the story of a young woman who wakes up in a London park suffering total amnesia, surrounded by dead bodies, all wearing latex gloves. Pursued by shadowy, paranormal adversaries grappling with peculiar abilities of her own, she must fight to uncover her past and resume her position at the head of Britain's most secret supernatural service before the traitors who stole her memory can finish what they've started. Did you do that from memory, too? Yes. Wow. Yes, I'm amazing. That's, That's my incredible. secret ability. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, Can't really pronounce names, but I can remember book descriptions by heart. The Rook by Daniel O'Malley. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, give me a little credit. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, and then we have our final story. I thought you would want to read this one because you're a pal. Well, Rob I just read Reed the last two, so I know. Nicomas.fl says Rob Reed has been releasing excerpts for his upcoming book, After On. Tom, tell me about After On. After On is a story of Silicon Valley. It's set in the very near future, uh, and it takes place mostly in that very near future with a couple of uh, engineers and, and developers who get caught up in an AI project that's happening. It also has some flashbacks to Silicon Valley of the early 2000s. So for people like Veronica and I, who've been in San Francisco through both of those eras, it's pretty crazy cool because there's lots of interesting things. We're like, oh, I ate at Momo's back then and stuff like that. Uh, Bourbon and Branch is a bar that shows up. Mm -hmm. But even if you've never stepped foot in San Francisco, it's a great story a uh, thrilling story of technology. And if you're, especially if you're into technology at all, you're going to love it. I uh, was honored to be asked to be on the audiobook. I read the New York Times excerpts. He has some, you know, fake New York Times stories <laughs> uh, that are in the book. So I'm on there. John Hodgman is on there. Felicia Day, Patrick Rothfuss. Uh, the audiobook is an all star cast. Uh, oh, you that's definitely cool. should Sounds download fun. the uh, the audiobook for this if you're interested in getting it. So, sounds like that was a, a fun thing to work on. It doing that. was. It was so there was only one regret I have about working on it. Mm-hmm. There's only one regret that I had about uh, working on that audiobook. What, what, what's that, Tom? It's that I didn't get to work with all of my friends on it. Mm. Just some of them. Like Felicia recorded it separately, so I didn't get to work mm, oh, with her. Oh, you didn't her. get to hang out with her in yeah. person? Oh, that's yeah, too bad. That that's tough. <laughs> that that's tough. tough. It's cool. I did a podcast with her last night. That was cool. Oh, that's so, great. Um, yeah, I'm doing so a podcast with Rob fantasy. Reed about his book. Oh, oh, so you're doing more with Rob Reed. We're doing okay. an eight-episode podcast about the reality behind the ideas of the book. So he's talking to people who are making augmented reality, people who are working on synthetic biology. Uh, and that's available both at medium.com where the excerpts are uh, or at his website after on.com. So that's cool. So you're doing another like a, a an offshoot like tech podcast with him now about like the ramifications about of things of that happen in real life into technology in real yeah. life. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, cool. because I, I was like, man, I really want to do that, but no one's asked me to be on their podcast about that. <laughs> so I, I'll i do it with Rob Reed about his book. All right, enough of this shenanigans. <laughs> We're just having fun. We're just having fun. No, that's really, that's exciting. Go check out IRL, uh, yes. Veronica's other book. <laughs> Yay. All right, well, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. We got this email from Mike who says, I have to raise the name of David Eddings, like a flag. He has to raise the name. I I read these books in the 1980s. I found it very hard to buy new copies in Brighton, UK. I managed to buy a complete set on eBay and started reading. And wow, the books are still great. And I find it very strange that these books have not been made into a movie or to series. Please, would you remind your followers about David Eddings? Would you consider a review of one of his books on your show? Uh... Well, we don't do reviews. <laughs> Sometimes that confuses people. We do book picks, and David Eddings has been suggested as a pick before, and I think he's even been in some of the polls that we've done. But yeah, absolutely. We should totally do David Eddings one of these months. Yeah, I love... Um, actually, the Bulgarian and the Malorian are, are two of my favorite. I guess they're... 
they're like collections of books. Mm-hmm. I, I forget how really it was set up. Um, but interestingly, I don't know how many people out there know this, but Lee Eddings, who was David Eddings' wife, was his co-author of, of many of his later works and uncredited in many of the earlier works, uh, such as, I believe, The Bulgarian and the Malorian. Um which is she's uncredited on the book cover, and it just kind of it, it's it's crazy to me. I guess I guess I don't know. I, I always found that that bothered me when I found out, but I'm glad she did get credited later. Yeah, no, I'm I, I and I think those books should be sold with her name on them. If she, you know, I mean, that's maybe book- some of the later editions do. I don't know for sure, so don't quote me on that, but. I know when I first read them, I only ever knew it as David Eddings. Yeah, no, and that's all I ever saw on the bookshelves when I was working back in the bookstore in the early 90s. Back in the half-price books days? Yeah, yeah, that's the that's <laughs> Austin, the ones. Texas. That's the ones. It's, have I mentioned them before? <laughs> hmm? yeah, Sorry, I had right. a mouthful of beer. Ah, I, was it butterscotch beer? No, really? More butterscotch? The final word on butterscotch from J.F. Dubow. Who writes, okay, so this began <laughs> when you guys okay. were talking about adding whiskey to butter beer, which is like butterscotch soda, according to what Tom said, I've never had any. And my comment was simply goofing off about adding scotch to a drink that, should it be using authentic ingredients, would already have scotch, because butterscotch is traditionally made with scotch. So I called the redundant concoction Scotch Butterscotch. This isn't helping, is it? (laughs) Anyways, I think we can agree that butterscotch, because it's made with scotch, is the better version of caramel. (laughs) J.F. (laughs) Dubow. And yeah, don't waste good scotch. Just use Johnny Walker Red. (laughs) This cracked me up because I feel like this has been going on for like two months now. I know. Maybe. And so now the final word in butterscotch, that's it. And and the coda to the final word. (laughs) I don't believe the butterscotch flavoring used in the butterscotch soda actually contains scotch. So that's another that's another problem with the whole thing. And I think JF's solution of putting some Johnny Walker red into the butterscotch is the final word. I agree. That's the final word. Okay. Yeah. All right. I love I don't know if I ever said this part. I love butterscotch. Oh, me too. Yeah. Like butterscotch is one of my favorite flavors and especially butterscotch pudding. Oh, I was about to say that because my sister used to get so mad if she wasn't with us at the grocery store. My mom would buy pudding and I'd be like butterscotch oh. and she always wanted ch- vanilla or chocolate. Oh, who likes vanilla pudding? First of Ugh. all, right? I mean, seriously. Yeah, uh, but and chocolate was fine, but I always wanted butterscotch pudding. I still buy butterscotch pudding when I go to the grocery store sometimes. When I had my throat surgery a few months ago, um, Ryan surprised me by making me butterscotch pudding because it was like one of the only things I could eat. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. I was like, and it's just as good as you think. I want Ryan to make butterscotch pudding for me too. But it's so easy and it's just like the crappy (laughs) store-bought kind. And then he made homemade whipped cream because he loves making whipped cream because it's so easy to make whipped cream. So it was Mm -hmm. like a super delicious, very very sugary uh, concoction. Did you put scotch in it? I did not. I think it would have been very painful to drink scotch at that 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 point. point. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have a post from Lena who says uh, about book box subscriptions. She says, I'm wondering if anyone else does these subscriptions so we can buddy read. I just signed up for this, the nocturnalreadersbox.com. And then Melissa says that she does Owl Crate, um, which I guess is like a, a similar thing. And then there's all sorts of ones out there that I didn't even know about. And this drives me nuts because Tom and I like 
always toyed with the idea in the back of our mind that we should do a box thing like yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. But we just didn't, never had the time. But also, I'm glad I ne- to know they I exist. never could subscribe to one of these things because I have so many books to read already. Uh, but I love this idea. Yeah, how would I maybe, even do that? Maybe we oh. should just... That's how we could get rid of some... <laughs> Just give away. <laughs> See, we're like we're. I'm like in the weird, weird spot of having enough books that I definitely need to get rid of some of these books, but not enough books that I think I could support a yeah. subscription for more not, than not like an two open people. Subscription, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we do have we do have Lem's Library. Uh, if you haven't heard of that, it's for our Patreon people. At a certain level, you can ask for one book. We have a spreadsheet of the books available. These are review copies that we get sent, uh, and you and I call it Jennifer Pruitt's Library right now because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jennifer is the only one that every <laughs> single month she's like, "Ready for my book? Here's my book." She's really good about that. Yeah, yeah. I just sent her one today, actually. That's good. Yeah, I have I have a lot more books that I need to add to the list. So don't worry, Jennifer, there's going to be more selections soon. And don't yeah. worry, Tom, you won't be the only one sending out books soon. <laughs> and uh, other people can join. We've had a couple other people take advantage of it, uh, too. But but well, yeah, go check it out. Yeah. I mean, I have said, and this is still true. If you want to send me a Patreon bumper, if you record something, send it to me as a wave file. I will send you a book in return. Mm-hmm. That will be your payment. I need more Patreon bumpers. I can't do them myself. I don't know why. I just can't. But like we have so many great ones and we need even more so we can rotate them and, and have new new cool stuff to hear. So keep them coming, man. I'll send you books. I want to send you books. Just let me send you books. Let me we're, send you books. We're going to send you books. I'm going to send you some books. Just let me do that for Joe's, you. We're just, it's going to happen. Just to open your door right now, there's a book. Right you're just going to find it. You're just going to be like, how did she even know where I live? That's yeah, weird. That is really odd. Yeah. But I like this book. <laughs> it's a that great is going to be your reaction. Speaking of great books, it ah. is August 2nd, which means we are kicking off a book club pick. Yeah. And you picked, because it's fantasy time, The Gunslinger by Stephen King. I am excited. I was excited about this pick, and I am excited about this pick um, for a few reasons. One, I haven't read any Stephen King in a really, really long time. Um, so I felt like, you know, we've never, we, we don't typically read anything horror for the mm-hmm. book club. He's typically known as probably the most famous horror writer of all time, I would say. Um, I mean, you I could make H.P. Lovecraft arguments, stuff like, like that. You know, but modern Parker, writers like Stephen yeah. King, he is iconic as a horror writer. Iconic sure. and just an amazing writer and just a really funny, smart guy. And, uh, you know, I, I was like, oh, this is cool because, you know, the Dark Tower series is a fantasy series. And I just love how it ties in all of his other stories. And I, I'm not reading them yet because I don't want to spoil the end of this book for myself. But there are threads in the forums that are doing the connections between all the different stories and things that happen in the Dark Tower series. Um, so I'm excited to look into that as soon as I finish this. And also the movies coming out. The movie with Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey, um, of course, Idris Elba being the gunslinger and so wait, Matthew McConaughey being read, the man in black. You've never read the gunslinger before? I have read at least two books from the Dark Tower series, and I always assumed it was the first two. Oh. But I have come to realize I have definitely not read this book. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And when you so say the Dark Tower if- series, you mean the main 
seven slash eight books, not like The Stand or It or some of the the ones that are sort of ancillary to the universe. That's right. Yes. Because that's the one thing to understand, folks. You may be getting in yourself. You talk about like, I don't want to read the first of a series. You can definitely read The Gunslinger on its own. It was written on its own without any intention of being part of a series. And then he went back in 2003 and cleaned it up so that it fit into the series. But it is stand alone. If you don't want to read the rest, you don't have to. But if you fall in love with it and you want to spend more time in Midworld, there is not only seven other Dark Tower books out there for you to read, but almost every Stephen King book (laughs) written has a crossover of some sort. So Randall Flagg from The Stand is is under a different name, the same character as someone in the Dark Tower series. It has a crossover. Salem's Lot has a crossover. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. And there are all kinds of arguments online about what the proper order to read everything (laughs) in is Mm -hmm. if you want to get the, like, optimum experience of, of understanding all of this stuff. Yeah, I just, I think that's really cool. Um, And I really... I thought it was a neat story because uh, he talks about it in the introduction about going back and I'm sorry, I was burping. I had to, I had to turn my face away from the Wouldn't mic have known if you to, hadn't gra- said it. to grab a breath, okay. as they say in chocolate rain. <laughs> um, <laughs> call back. Um, I just love how he was like, Oh, that was my first book. That book is sh- <laughs> I got to go back and fix it. Cause now it's like the, the cornerstone of all my other books and I have to like people are going to read it for the first time, having read maybe some of my other works and be like, oh, what? Oh, this is bad. And to keep keep this in mind, he was 22 years old. He's he a was a baby. He was a sophomore at the University of Maine oh when he started the story. He had a he, the, the, the legend goes he found a ream of blank green paper in the library at the University of Maine and started writing a story uh, inspired by the poem of, uh, 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 oh shoot, now I've forgotten the name of the poem, uh, but inspired by the poem uh, that has the line about Roland and the Dark Tower. Uh, and he worked on it for a while, put out five short stories, uh, Child Roland to the Dark Tower Came by Robert Browning is the name of the poem. So he put out oh, five wow. short stories that were in this idea. It wasn't even a universe yet. And then in 1982, tied those five stories together and published them independently of his main publisher uh, as a standalone book called The Gunslinger. It went out of print quick. People started trying to find it because Stephen King had started to get, like, you know, he started to get a Mm -hmm. name for himself and people wanted to read everything he'd written. And so they kept putting it back in print. Uh, And then finally, like you say, he, he got back to it and was like, he started writing more stories in the universe and went back and said, I need to clean this book up. And I also, he also changed some things to make it fit better with the later stories. He had to make it more cohesive with the rest of the series. Yeah. There's like a character uh, court, for instance, in the original version, he's like, I don't know where he is. And, and in a later uh, dark tower uh, story, it becomes very clear that he didn't actually know where he was. So he had to change that to be like, oh, I, I do, you know, this is where court is. So stuff like that. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Little con- continuity things. Gotcha. Well, I've started reading. I'm enjoying it so far. It is definitely, there are undertones in the writing already of like later Stephen King in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Like you get, you really get a sense that this is a, it's a lot more visceral in, in many ways than a typical fantasy novel, I think. And even more than something that's like um, 
grimdark. It's mm. not it's it's not in the same way. It feels like horror elements and not violent elements. It has to me that undercurrent of like uncomfortable mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah. Like the oh or like the descriptions are just real like, oh man. You know, like you can really picture something creepy, creepy and unsettling and also disturbing. And so all of that kind of comes together. It's still fantasy, but you you get the vibe of like where he's going to go later. And I think that really that stays with me when I'm reading this. And if you're like, wait a minute, how is this fantasy? It's Stephen King. You're saying it's creepy. It is another world. Uh, it's midworld. And that world has moved on uh, and is in decay. And we don't know why. And there are there are elements of crossover into our own world that become clearer as the as the book goes on. Uh, for instance, and this is a tiniest of spoilers right now. But if you really are like absolutely against even one thing being named, go away. Uh, but <laughs> go away. <laughs> the, wor- the the song "Hey Jude" shows mm-hmm, up mm-hmm. in Midworld, and you're like, wait a minute, I know that song. That's from our world, and and it's stuff like that where you're like, wait, how did this happen? How did this crossover happen? And that's why it's fantasy because it's an it's an not even an alternate universe. It's an alternate world. It's another world. Uh, and its connections become clearer as the story goes on and as the books yeah, go on in the bleed, Dark Tower series. There's bleed yeah. through. There's a lot of bleed through. And I think just even knowing that starts making you ask questions in your mind about the later things that come up in Stephen King's books that bleed through Yeah, between and, worlds. And if you pursue as i did the entire dark tower series and much <laughs> you of become its obsessed and ancillary material as Tom did. uh first of all you'll see all these connections fitting in together and you'll and like things that you may have read from stephen king or movies you've seen based on his works before will suddenly have a different light on them uh because of the universe that he describes in the dark tower and the other thing is going back and reading the gunslinger again now i'm seeing like oh my gosh he was laying the foundation for a lot of this stuff maybe unintentionally, mm-hmm. really early on. A lot of the iconic things from The Gunslinger are there in like the first few chapters. Uh, all all the, 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 you know, long days and plenty pleasant nights. Thank you, Sai. Uh, you know, all, all these little mm-hmm. quirks of the language of that world. Uh, they're, they're laid out right there at the beginning. Um, and, you know, I had a moment to, um, I have to pull it up because I, I, I re- yeah, it has probably one of the most iconic first sentences mm-hmm. of a book. And, you know, even I, who have, who I guess, you know, didn't read it or maybe thought I had read it, like I read that first sentence and got chills. And yeah. that first line is The man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. And when I read that again, I was like, oh, like I just know that is such an iconic line. And it was like, I, I'm excited to get to read this pretty iconic book. I, I will. Uh, I don't like to talk too much about my own stuff because uh, we're here to talk about other authors. Uh, but there is a portion of Pilot X that I wrote as a standalone little vignette very early on in developing that idea where I was directly inspired by that line. Mm. Like it's Ooh, just, cool. just so like iconic. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'm excited about this one. And it's short, so yeah, it's a quick read. <laughs> and that's <laughs> really always why we nice. picked it. <laughs> the vaginal fantasy pick this month is really long, so I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Well, that about wraps everything up. So yeah, but grab the gunslinger. It is, uh, it, it's it's going to be a fun one. I'm excited to talk about this um, with you guys over in the forums. And of course, as always, our show is entirely funded by our patrons. So thank you so much to all the folks who back our show. And if you want to help support it, head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Big welcome to Chris Hyde, Jessica Crawford, Steve Coughlin, and many, many more who support us on patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. You can find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. You can also send us an email feedback at swordandlaser.com. Tell us your thoughts on butterscotch or all other sundry delicious flavors that you love in pudding. Um, Pudding regular like jello pudding, not like British pudding, which means something else I'm not clear on. And also, you can head to our website at swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 4157-SWORD-6. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.